experience the ripple effect. This is the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. A nonprofit organization established in 2007 to provide powerful leadership training to the youth of our communities. And now, here's your host, by board member, co-owner of Rapport International and certified trainer, Brett Johnston. Well, hello and welcome back to the Empowering Youth Podcast. I'm Brett Johnston. I'm Mesa Whitaker. I'm Preston Gladwell. And I am here to introduce my buddy Zen. He's not the interviewee this afternoon, but Zen. He's a guest here in the house, Zen Anderson. Yeah, I'm Zen Anderson. And we're here interviewing... Mason Frower, how are you guys? You know, Mace, it's uh, we're gonna we're gonna say this out loud real quick because this isn't the first time that you've been on the podcast. However, it's the first time that I get to hear you on the podcast, and it everything happens for a reason. So, because of our wonderful uh, technical abilities, um, you know, the the first go round didn't turn out, and uh, so we get to do it again, just like you know, just like the training, right? Yep, exactly like the training. This is a special podcast for me because this is my, let's not tell anyone, but favorite cousin. <laughs> um, I love you a lot. And I'm so excited to hear more about more from you and about your life and your perspective, perspective of life and what you've gone through and how building Utah youth has shaped how you take on life as well. So normally we just kind of let you have the reins and, and dig in where you'd like to dig in, but you know, we, most of us here really know your family and, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a big history there. You know, your family's a big part of the community, uh, several rock stars in the family that the, the name does carry some weight, you know? Um, and you know, you're doing your thing, but would like to hear a little bit about your story. So where do you want to start? Um, where do you want me to start? I mean, well, why don't you start where you can remember uh, like clearly, how did you grow up? I mean, I grew up with my best friend, my little brother. Uh, our parents really weren't there as much. I mean, they were always working, grinding it out at work. and Yeah, your parents are very driven. Yes, very driven, definitely. Um, but, yeah, we started. <laughs> yeah, a little straggler. Sorry, Sorry. about that. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, but, yeah, parents weren't really home. I mean, I was taking care of Carson Elementary School till like, 6, until they got home. Um, but, yeah, growing up, I don't know. They, I don't know. So you guys you guys just ran around like wild Indians? I mean, there was rules set, and I was definitely the stricter one and followed them. So that's continued? Yes, that has very continued. Carson's more the wild child. Yeah, he's the fun one. <laughs> he yeah, is the fun he is one. Just fun kidding. One, <laughs> well, luckily you had uh, your grandma Ga and Grandpa Gage that picked you up quite a bit during uh, those yeah. times as well. Yeah, all, all that time, uh, Gloria and Gage would uh, come over, pick us up. I mean, take us to ski or whatever, uh, go to get dinner whenever they weren't home. So, yeah. So, as you think back to that life, uh, it's important to frame this because there's so many parents out there you know, both mom and dad working, both very driven, very active, um, and, and going, and they were going at a very high level, right? They were, um, uh, not only, you know, mentally, physically strong, right? But they were also good parents. They just, you know, and when you say that they weren't around a lot, 
And one you would like you to frame that in a sense of a little bit of an understanding so people can understand what you mean by that. Um, well, what I mean by that is like they were busy with work, growing their businesses and growing um, to get a better uh, future. F- yeah, future for us, basically. But yeah. So what did you guys do when you were together? Um, we would hang out. I mean, watch some TV, get into some series of whatnot and play some cards. Uh, we usually, sometimes we'd go mountain biking, a lot of outdoor activities, skiing every weekend if we could. Sometimes during the week we would go out and ski. Sounds like you spent a lot of time with your grandma. What did, I mean, that's got to have a pretty big role on who you are now. Yeah, for sure. She definitely uh, molded me a little bit. In what ways? I mean, uh, manners. I definitely get my manners from her. Um, trying to be more outgoing. Not I guess, trying to. I mean, yeah, we're going to do this all, yep, all night. I know. <laughs> I know. We did this last time, but um, yeah, she molded me into the person I am today. A lot of people did. So, so what would you guys do when you were younger? With baking cookies, were you skiing? Um, so with her, we'd usually just hang out at the house. I mean, sometimes we'd go skiing on a good sunny day. She's a fair weather skier, so. Um, but yeah, we wouldn't cook cookies. We'd probably just cook some noodles, (laughs) just some famous grandma mac and cheese. But yeah, not much better than grandma's mac and cheese. Let's talk about grandpa for a minute. Um. Yeah, Grandpa Gage, he's been a big person in my uh, my development throughout my life. Um, he's definitely been the person that I look up to the most. But uh, I guess growing up, he didn't really talk to me and Carson as much. I mean, we didn't have really stuff to talk about other than skiing and working on the ranch with him. Yeah, he's pretty driven, man, as well. For sure, yeah, very driven. Old so, man. so when you think about you know someone you would ad- admire like him, what is it about him that makes you admire him? Um, he's a go getter, and he just he gives it his all. He doesn't give up at all. Never, never. Yeah. And if he falls, he gets back up and just goes for it. You know, the neat thing that you have going on in your family is so many, so many members of your family are graduates of rapport. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. Do you remember when they started going to class? Um, I don't recall when my parents or grandparents went to class. Do you remember when your parents went? Um, I remember a couple classes when they went, but I don't I don't recall like the specific date or whatnot. Yeah, I'm not looking for dates. It's just kind of like the memory bank of when they went to class and when they came home. And, you know, if you noticed anything different from them or the way that they, you know, acted or behaved or or, or, or looked at you or talked to you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they didn't tell us where they would go. They'd be gone for a couple of days. We'd stay with grandma. Um, but yeah, when they got back, they were a lot different. And I kind of kind of loving us a little more <laughs> and talking to us a lot more. Um, but they would never specify like what they did or what happened. Yeah, they're. I mean, yeah, they were still figuring it out. Yeah, so I want you to think back to like junior high for a minute. What was junior high like for you? Um, junior high, I just moved up to the valley. I was this awkward little kid, had no friends. I mean, uh, finally joined the football team there and started to get some friends here and there. And then uh, finally got in with the cool kids, I guess. <laughs> How was it being the new kid? It was tough. It was really tough. I mean, 
I showed up not knowing who was who. I did have a cousin up there, Cole, who uh, introduced me to a, a couple people, and that was really nice of him. So yeah. So when you when you found out you were moving, was it something that was exciting for you to move, or was it something that you were a little bit hesitant to do? Uh, I mean, I was a little hesitant, but I was more excited. Um, just excited for the new adventure up there, closer to my grandparents and whatnot. Uh, I was a little mad, I guess, about leaving all my friendships behind there because those never really carried on. The friendships you had when you left? Right, yeah. But what did, I mean, and this is important to talk about because often um, either through uh, separation in, in, you know, parents being separated, divorced, things like that, or just flat out moving, relocating, you know, kids end up moving somewhere and they don't get to decide that. And you didn't get to decide that. Right. And, and yet you went anyways. And the outcome was what? It was good. It was really good. The outcome was just perfect. It was, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you, you left those friends and, and you didn't retain any of those friendships or do you have any of those friendships still? No. Nope. Didn't retain no, any no. friendships when you moved. Mm-mm. How old were you when you moved? Uh, probably 10. I think 10. Okay. So 10, you know, and, and, and at 10 years old, that's, that's really early. Um, it's usually, you know, later Mm -hmm. when you start to develop some, you know, what everybody looks at is their BFFs and stuff and, and, and thinking about that, this is, this is the end, right? I have to leave these friendships and whatnot. Um, but you move up there, you get on the football team. How was the football team? I was good. The, uh, first year I played though, the coach never really put me in plays. Uh, so Next year passes around. They finally get a different coach, and he's like, we're going to use this guy. He's tough. So I uh, got in a couple plays, got MVP, and I was pumped about that. So, yeah. Yeah, so how did how, what support? How was the support when you started playing football from the family? Well, it was perfect. I mean, grandparents were there. My mom and dad were always there I, every single game. I don't think they missed a single one. So you think about how you remember growing up, and and mom and dad were were gone a lot working on their businesses their lives building that better future for for you guys and then now you fast forward just you start playing football and and they don't miss a game they're just there yeah everybody's they're there to support you all the time and i know that that's continued on for you and so how important has support been for you in your life uh it's been a big factor in my life all that support is really helping me out throughout life and pushing me to do the best that I can. So have you carried that on to your friendships? Yes, all my friendships. I've, I've been doing my best to keep them and keep them involved with my life and moving on with them. So as you, as you started playing football, what was next for you? Um, I started, started track after football and then cross country as well. Yeah, everybody loves to, and I knew about the cross country piece, so everybody loves to run. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> Not so much. No one. Yeah. <laughs> I like to run. Yeah, so t- let's talk about cross country because this is a big one for you. Um, so cross country, I mean, I started running because I had asthma, not because I liked it. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Huh. I never liked running, but the doctor said it was the best thing to increase my lungs with uh, asthma. So I started getting into that and then... Started moving up. Um, and how old were you when, you when you decided that or when that, that conversation happened from the doctor? Uh, that was probably second grade. 
Oh, wow. Started doing 5Ks, so yeah. At second grade, you started running 5Ks? Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm watching Preston over here, and he's just shaking his head going, yeah, he's always been that guy. Oh, yeah. He's always been the runner, the go-getter. Yes, sir. So you're, but you're, but in, in junior high is when it really started to catch for you? Yeah, junior high uh, track, I won, I won like third place running up to uh, ninth grade, and then finally won state a couple times in different uh races but you carried that on and on and on yeah through high school and whatnot yeah so being up in the valley that's a small community yeah i mean there was probably 300 students in snowcrest yeah yeah, yeah so you went to you went from not knowing anyone and and applying yourself in these sports and just being a good friend and next thing you knew, you knew pretty much everybody, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and, and now all of a sudden, it's like you're now one of the role models. Somebody, somebody that other people are looking up to. For sure. Yeah. So looking at, this is, this is just that, you know, really sensitive time for, for kids. You know, junior high is really a big transition time. And as you went through junior high, and next thing you knew, it was over with. And, and now it's time for some high school. What happened when you, when you made that shift? Because now that's another big shift. Right. Um, not really much happened. I mean, I wasn't, a lot of people know that the Valley kids are weird, kind of, I guess, hippie-ish in a way. A lot of the Weaver kids said that. That's the stereotypical thing from the Weaver kids. Yeah. Well, anyways, yeah. Um, finally moved it's up. It's a whole nother planet on that side of the mountain. It is. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um, but yeah, moved up to Weaver High. Uh it really wasn't bad for me. I mean, I met new people that lived there from uh, Northridge and whatnot, those schools, and just became really good friends with them. So let's, I want to dive into high school and really understand your picture of what that was like, you know, from things like relate friendships, um, social pressures, things like that. Uh, how social media impacted you or didn't impact you thing, you know, things like that to really understand, you know, where you were at. For sure. I mean, social media, I guess I really didn't look at social media as like a get out and just look at my phone all the time. I was always out on my mountain bike, you know, playing soccer, running. I never really was on social media that much. Was that something that from your family was, was pushed did you ever have a desire to do more with social media or you know things like video games and stuff like that or did you have this natural desire that you were brought up with yeah it was just a natural desire to go outside i never really had a desire to play xbox or to be on my phone it was always to be outside and doing something so did you notice a difference in 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 yourself versus other people that you knew yeah, for sure. A lot of the other kids in Ogden area, they definitely were more social media and whatnot. Right. Not as much of the outdoor activities no. and getting involved. So what would your advice to um, a, a teen right now in high school be, or even parents, what would your advice be to them knowing what you know and how you were raised? Um, I mean, I would tell them to get outside and get off your phone and go do something that's going to help you out in the future. I mean, your phone's not going to help you out in the future, in the long run. 
go for a long run, clear your head, get all that stress out and move on with life. And how about the friendships? I mean, you, it, now that it, it, looking back, okay. Thinking about the friendships you created because you were out physically active, creating them and, and with people often, do you still have a lot of those friendships now? Um, I have a couple of them. I mean, some of them went down the wrong path. You could say, uh, growing up, I had a couple of friends, that uh, did drugs and whatnot, alcohol. I mean, running track, I never did that stuff. It would ruin my lungs. And I mean, if I got tested, I'd be screwed as well. <laughs> but yeah, I never really got into that stuff with them. I, I lost a couple of friends, uh, due to that. Cause I didn't want any part of that. And, and this is a really great subject to talk about Mm -hmm. because in high school, it's really easy to fall into that area. It just is number one. You're not supposed to do it. Therefore I want to do it. Yeah. You want to try it out, right? You want, you don't want to try it out. You want to do it. Yeah. You want to do it. (laughs) Um, and, and what would you say to those kids? I mean, looking back, take, taking a look at the fact that you had the willpower, willpower, you had the courage and you persevered through that. What's the advice for others? Uh, my advice would be probably get your mind off of it. I mean, go find some different friends that aren't doing it. That would be definitely would be helpful to get newer friends that don't peer pressure you into doing that. But was it because you were so focused on the goals and, and, and achieving those goals uh, and not only showing up to run track and things like that, but to do it at a high level. Like you had right. strong goals and you had people supporting you and pushing you for those. And if you didn't have that foundation and that focus, would it have been as easy for you to walk past that and to let go of those friends? No, not at all. I mean, if I didn't have the support or all that, I definitely would have fallen in for peer pressure and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just tough. It really is. There's so much social pressure to go along with other people. And, you know, we talk about that in the training. It's one of the big foundational things that we discuss, understanding your value and self-love. And we, we talk about core values in the training and making sure that you have core values so you know who you are uh, to some degree at that age, especially because it really does help direct you in life. And some of those core values, if you think back to grandma and grandpa and mom and dad and them raising you with to, to have that strong belief in yourself and understand that you get to make those decisions and you got to learn that at a very early age. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about some more high school for a minute. Okay. How old were you when you went to class? Yes. Yes. How old why? How, How old were you? when you went to teen leadership breakthrough and how did you get there? Oh man, that was six, 16. I think so. That'd be I think accurate. It was 16. Yeah. 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 So 16 years old, you're right in the, in the mix, uh, right in the mix of, of high school, right in the mix of this conversation. And were you excited to go? Uh, I was more nervous to go all the talk about, Oh, it's going to change you and whatnot from Preston Parker and my dad and mom and everybody. I mean, yeah, I was definitely excited to go, but more nervous. Nervous, excited. Yeah. yeah. And most would relate to that. Yeah, most most people that have people in their life that have been there, done that, 
it, it's they're they're excited to follow in those footsteps and to you know go and and ex- experience it but everyone's nervous about doing it but you went and let's talk about that journey because it was only two and a half days but let's talk about that journey for a few minutes okay um so we could start off from the beginning getting on the bus i mean my dad always does this every time i guess uh he uh, he told me to remember the bus driver's name like Typical. he did to carson and <laughs> i had to ask him remember that and never used it so yeah. uh yeah we got there and um didn't know what to expect next hop out and there's this big old guy <laughs> and he uh his name's brett johnson and uh <laughs> Scared the crap out of all of us. I mean, yeah. Uh, and then we um, we get sent to this uh, little area, hang out, finally get to meet everyone, talk to them, and just socialize with everybody. And then, how uh, was that time? Because that everybody gets to do that, and I've never asked anyone how was it to, to start meeting people in that setting, and and everybody's in the same boat now. Everybody's in the same situation. I mean, it was good and bad because they're kind of like put into groups in a way, you know, like the whole, uh, they start making a click. Yeah. There was kind of like cool kids, weird kids, you know, I mean, and I was just kind of in the mix. I was all meeting everybody, wanting to know everyone's name and meeting everybody. But, um, there was some kids that didn't go out on a limb and go, uh, socialize with other kids. Yes, you have those that are very reserved, right? And they're sitting back. You you get the clicks, yeah. And this time period that we're talking about is no more than an hour. Yeah, it's it's at max an hour, right? And in an hour, it it's already clicky. There's already people not talking to people. There's people that are pulling back and and almost hiding. Yeah, right. They they don't want to be there. They're I mean they're really nervous. Um, and, and personalities start to show up. Um, and yet as, as you get into the first night, did that matter? Um, not really. Everyone kind of just kind of mixed up. It really didn't matter at all. Like, yeah. Yeah. There wasn't any groups when we got into the first session. Yeah. Because you get in the first session and everybody's in the same class. Yep. Yep. And everyone gets to do the same things. And everyone did what on the first night, on the first process? They failed. Yeah. Everyone did fail. Yeah, and and that doesn't always happen. So I don't plant that seed like that for the sake of, you know, everybody fails. But usually that's the outcome. And, and the reason why is because no one passed themselves. And you, when you think back to giving that first process, how did you feel after you completed it? Uh, I felt a sigh of relief that's how i felt i'm like oh i got it over with doesn't matter that i failed or whatnot um and why though why didn't it matter because i felt like i got my ass up there and showed that i could get up there because you got up and you did it i did it yeah yeah you you did it and it was you didn't allow the fear to stop you from doing it you got up and you did it just like everyone else in your class and at the end of the day now everybody's on the same playing field if you will if you're looking at it from a a sports team or whatnot you're all in the same playing field you don't have anyone that's the captain now you don't have anyone that's the there's not the starters and they're the clicks have kind of now 
started to go away a little bit. Right, they're, yeah. they're not gone yet, but they've started to, to move around a little bit. You started to meet people. And on the first night, you really start to, to see these people a little bit deeper than you did in the beginning. Right. And you had, a, what, an hour and a half bus ride? At yeah, least, hour yeah, and a half. yeah, hour and a half bus ride to get to know everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden on the first night, it's, it's, wow, wow we're, we're more the same. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love to talk about that first night because that's what happens and it happens in every class. And were any of the kids in your mind when you started that process, did when, and I like to talk about judgment, judging others, mm-hmm. there was judgment that was showing up. For sure. There definitely was judgment. A lot of the classmates. And think back to being the new kid at Snowcrest. Oh yeah. I definitely was getting judged. Because you were the one that was the weird one. Yep. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, but we move into the second day and as you, as you moved into the second day, you all got to do the first process again, but this time if you failed, you did what? You had to do it again. You got to do it again. Yep. That was the, that was the gift that was given. And what did you learn from that? Um, I learned that uh, it's not always going to happen your first try or your first, yeah, do no. First time you do it. Yeah, first time you go. Um, but what was important? That you did it. Yeah, that you did it. And yep. finally were successful in doing it. And what was the one of the biggest reasons why you were able to um, achieve uh, success and pass that first process? What was one of the biggest reasons you were able to do that? Um. I just kind of overcame uh, looking at other people. I mean, when I'm speaking, I have a rough time thinking of all my thoughts and sorting through them, I guess. But it kind of helped me to look over them, I guess you could say. Um, kind of just let my heart rest a little bit and not stress as much. And that kind of helped me towards that. And you had a tremendous amount of support. Yes, I did have a lot of support the second time around. Everyone was going crazy. I loved it. And so you loop that back to your playing football. Yeah. Right. And, and even before that, the amount of support you've had and it's enabled you to continue to achieve, overcome, fight through things and situations, maybe fail and get back up and do it again because of that support. Sure. Yeah. And I want you to think about when the transition really started to happen for you on that second day where you guys went from being individually uh, there for you to where you really started to show up for each other? Um, I think towards the end of the night was uh, making me feel like more of a team. We did a couple of... um, Processes? Yeah, like team processes, you could say. Um, But after that, I was feeling more included and as one than separate individuals. What was, so if you think back to those processes, and we don't have to talk about processes, I want you to think about what was a couple of the common thing, things that happened with everyone, because there was a lot of courage that showed up on that second day where people were very courageous in the things that they were talking about and sharing and being very open and honest and truthful so what was one of the, a couple of the common things that, that showed up that become, you know, very important if you're to build relationships? Um, a lot of the things that came up were, uh, not being good enough, uh, for your family and whatnot. Um, and you heard that from a lot. Yeah. A lot of people. I mean, 
also being um I forgot the word there, but um just being vulnerable. Yeah, vulnerable. Yeah, people were being really open, very honest and truthful with each other. And so that's when we really started to talk about the trust. And you've had you've been blessed to have a lot of trust in your life. Um, and we talked about how we place blind trust in people all day, every day, but yet it's so hard to place blind trust or, you know, put that blind trust out there with so many people because of the judgment. Right. Yeah. And you guys were able to overcome that. And, um, you know, thinking back to that last day and, and the celebration day, uh, how'd you feel? Felt, your thoughts? Felt great. There was like no judgment at all. Like you could just let go of everybody staring at you. You were just soaring like an eagle. Yeah. And you had a lot of support again there on the last day. A ton, a ton of support. So you graduate certificate of completion. Congratulations. What was next? Uh, next was going back to school and running. Yeah. Yeah. And so where did you go with it? Uh, How did you apply it? So I took all of that and I applied it through school, uh, through talking to my parents through. Let's talk about how you talked with your parents. So before I really was closed up, I wouldn't open up to them at all. I mean, I kind of withdrew from them after we moved. Um, but after that class, um, I kind of was able to talk to them a lot more and open up and it totally opened a whole other door from, uh, for me and my parents. But yeah. So let's talk about the running then. Um, so running, I mean, it helped me a lot. So I'd be probably 1.5 miles into it and I'd be like, I just want to give up. I don't want to do it anymore. Running's a mental game. Oh, it's a Complete. total mental It's you game. and yourself. Yeah. The entire there, time. There's no one else there to help you. Yeah. So how did that training um, after I started training like a madman, I mean, I was getting PRs left and right with my mentality that I got. Um, but yeah, once I hit a mile and a half, I wanted to quit. And then I got that big old report class in the back of my head telling me it's not over yet. You got to grind it out and freaking go for it. Yeah. Using those powerful words probably in your mind as yes. you're running that you learned from the class. Yeah, all the powerful words. That's a big thing to keep throughout life is those tools you've learned. For sure. So you can easily get down on yourself and bring that back up. Bring yourself back up is mm-hmm. awesome. So I hope you, you know, continue to focus and, and push yourself. Right. One of the gifts. And you finished high school strong. Yep. Then what? Uh, then we uh, started working uh, for Mr. Gladwell here. And... Uh, Started working for him, didn't get the hours I wanted, so moved on to a different, uh, different uh, job. And now I'm working for uh, my dad, Rescom. Uh, we're just doing some property management right now. Um, but yeah, on my way to get my real estate license as of right now, and just looking ahead. Yeah. So what what's next for you in the future? What do you see yourself in five years? Um, That's what we always like to ask. For sure. For sure. Um, I see myself owning probably five properties, owning a nice little ranch. Um, I don't know, a big old truck and <laughs> <laughs> maybe two kids here and there. I don't know. Wow. Kids. That's exciting. In five years? I think five years. Okay. How old, How old are, you? are you? I'm 20. You're 20. <laughs> How old are you? 25. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Five years. But for a 20 year old kid having those dreams own rental properties, 
be doing successful things like that. That's awesome. I mean, that's, I wish I was as smart as you when I was 20. <laughs> I only have a couple more questions for you. Let's hear them. But if you think back to the morning of your last day, you had an opportunity to kind of spend some time thinking about where you were at in your life in several different areas and then getting focused on where you wanted to go, what you wanted to do, how you were going to get there, who was going to help you. What were some of those goals you set for yourself that morning? Do you remember? Um, some of the goals would probably be uh, just getting out there and actually doing it and putting my mind to it instead of sitting back and letting it happen and just go through my days. Um, I just tell myself that I need to press and keep pushing because I'm not there yet, and but I will be. And, and if I were to ask grandma and grandpa and mom and dad to tell me who you are, meaning really who you are, what would they say? Um, they'd probably say that I'm a hard worker and very loving and a uh, very outgoing person, wanting to know everybody and meet everybody new. Um, probably have a little more than I would say, but yeah. A little more than you would say? Yeah, than I would say for myself, but yeah. Yeah, they're pretty proud of you. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you to dig a little bit deeper. Um, foundationally, one of the biggest things with building Utah Youth is is giving back and understanding giver's gain. So I want you to think about, because I already know that you've been involved in, in giving back and, and volunteering and stuff, but where do you see yourself giving back and volunteering? Um, probably through my community. I mean, giving back to uh, the Valley. I mean, there's probably a load of trash going through everywhere and I'd love to give back and go pick it up for everyone and get that all cleared out. So that's the challenge. Yeah. Look forward to seeing that. I'll make it happen. Well, it's been a pleasure having you tonight. Thanks. Anything else you want to leave with the listeners? Any, any, any advice, any, any, you know, thoughts, feelings you'd like to share? Uh, yeah. When it gets hard, don't give up, put your mind to it and just go for it and grind it out. Because you're the only person that's going to make it happen. Well done. Thank you. Thanks, Mason. Yep. Thanks. Respect, integrity, passion, personal power, leadership, enthusiasm. This has been the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. To become part of the 3%, visit Building Utah Youth on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or on our website at buildingutahyouth.org.